Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. show talking about football and other things going on in the sporting world. Chandler, are you with me? I'm awesome. We had a failure to communicate. I didn't realize he was already on one line, so I called in. So run this for him, so I'm giving him a second to get back. So Chandler and I can uh, spit some topics for you guys tonight. On the set, so lots of news around the NFL world, other things going on in the world of sports. We chopped it up yesterday at the time of Sunday morning brunch, so we're going to do it again this evening, just waiting on Chandler to get back in. In the meantime, suspected time of TP and Honcho, suspected villain. Barry, president for the Jordan Foundation and the Jordan family. Everything going on there. Uh, shout out to Sirius. To my Mike, can you hear me? Chandler. Yeah, we got you. How you doing, Chandler? I was here. Can you hear me for some reason? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. I can hear you perfectly. How you doing? Talking and then you just kept talking. Manic Monday with the chef, so it's, just, it's a good night. Man, we're going to serve it up for everybody tonight. Real quick, shout out to PHI Apparel, man. Uh, they got, um, you know, some uh, unique and um, nice designs to make you stand out in the crowd. So if you're a Philly sports fan or no one, check out phiapparel.co. Use the promo code CHEFS at checkout. Get yourself 15% off uh, right there. Um, so what's up, Chandler, man? We're going to put together a quick uh, Monday night film for everybody. Where do you, where you want to start today? Well, you know, for me, I, I, you know, we, we, we had a little bit of a conversation about it earlier, but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm going to start with Derek Carson, 
uh, voluntarily going to purgatory because I don't understand that. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Because here's the thing. We know Dennis, Dennis Allen is not going to be there after this season. We all know this. Nobody's saying it, but we all know this because Dennis Allen is a bad guy. So you're Derek Carr. You just got run out of a place because the new coach came in and wanted his own guy. This happens. I don't – basically, unless you're Tom Brady, when a new coach comes in, you can just about count on the quarterback that's there being run out of town. That's just how the NFL works. It's stupid in a lot of cases, but that's how it works. You voluntarily go to a place where they're going to run the coach out so that you can go back to the same merry-go-round of coaches that you just left in Oakland slash Las Vegas with a team that's $50 million over the salary cap. How does that make sense? So I'm going to give you a couple of things. I, I, I looked at the structure of this contract today after we were doing some talking. And so the contract is structured in such a way where he's getting a lot of money up front in signing bonuses. He's getting 60 mil up front. He's getting a hundred million guaranteed and a no trade cost. <clears throat> so if they do want to run him out because they let the coach go next year, this guy's still guaranteed a hundred million dollars. Oh no, that's so, fine. I listen. I don't listen. I, I want him to get the money. What I'm saying though is, you left an unsettled situation and went to another unsettled situation. I I, I get what you're saying. However, I will say this: I think there's going to be there's relief around the the locker room that they think they have a steady hand coming in at the quarterback position. This team defensively. Now, once again, we got to see how they handle free agency and what they can do there. But this team defensively was pretty good last year. It it wasn't the defense. I mean, they had a couple of tough games, but it wasn't the defense. It wasn't the defense's fault uh, that this team struggled last year. The Red Rifle shot blanks on a very regular basis, and Jameis couldn't stay healthy. And so you look at that. You got a good young rookie receiver in Chris Olave. You got a speedster in Rashid. I ain't going to say his last name wrong, so I'm not even going to try it right now. Um, you got Jawan Johnson in the tight end position. You got a better offensive line than you had in Vegas. We have to see what happens with Kamara. Uh, with At all least this eight stuff games. Going on. At least eight games. Just yeah. count on yeah. eight games. We have to, count on eight games. We have to see – we have to see what happens there, but this is not a bad draft to improve the running back position um, because, you know, England's okay. not going to be back. Um, this is not a bad draft to improve the running back position. And so you have talent on the offensive side of the ball, and I think they think they can get another outside threat um, in this draft as well. And you got a decent defense, and right now, now, uh, emphasis on right now, because – Carolina, Tampa still got to figure out their quarterback position. But this is not – I mean, let's be honest. This was the worst division in football this past year. Saints win a couple more games. Um, they're in the playoffs. True. True. And, and but, so okay. if you get a steady hand there, you you can win. Okay, but here's the thing. You're $50 million over the salary cap. I'm not. I'm not even talking about his contract. 
he walked in the door with them fifty million over the cap. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the thing: if they get rid of Michael Thomas, right, it's twenty-six million dollar cap hit, right? <laughs> if they keep Michael Thomas, next year is close to a sixty million dollar cap hit. Basically, what I'm saying is they're he's in they're in purgatory because they can't really make any moves without getting rid of players th- that matter. Unless unless you just want to keep kicking a can down the road. Well, there is which doesn't no make sense because at a certain point. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, there's been no franchise that's been better at kicking this can down the road. I believe that Michael Thomas's contract was recently just restructured to give them some cap relief. Um, and then there's going to be a couple people that they're going to lose, and there's going to be a couple guys that they're not touch the agency. I do think that you're going to see some – I think you're going to see some major restructuring in, the con, in contracts. It's going to be real interesting to see. We're going to find out a lot over the next couple of weeks, though, as – Yep. You know, guys are getting released, and teams have to figure out how they're going to get down to the salary cap. So we're going to see, you know, who all they release and how they find a way to to make this work. But, I mean, I, I still think, and I said during this year, though a lot of people's advice was to completely blow this up, I still think there's a lot of talent in that locker room. And even if you lose several pieces, there's still some talent there. And I know you're thinking, well, you're just looking at this through black and gold glasses. But I promise you, I'm as critical of my team when they don't do well as as any Falcons fan or anybody that doesn't like the Saints. So I, no, there are I think, a lot I of questions. But I don't trust but, the coach but, is the problem. I, well, I agree with you there. You see what I'm saying? So now, and I don't and, like and so the defensive again, coordinator you go to a, I don't either. So the only coach on that roster you have any faith in is Pete Carmichael who's not the guy in charge, who should be the guy in charge, by the way. He should have been the one they put in charge, not Dennis Allen. Okay? I love this commercial with Anthony Edwards for this movie, 65. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> my, my middle name's not Danger. It's Jamal. But, <laughs> but um, I just, you know what, like, understand when players put themselves in situations that you just left a situation like that. You literally just left it. That's the part I don't understand. It's like when guys, like like when when Carmelo left the Knicks, right, and then he went to Houston to play for Mike D'Antoni, who hated him in New York. Like, which which part of the man telling you you sucked didn't you get the first time? So I just, like I said, if they had a different coach, I would understand him going to the Saints. I personally thought if he was going to go to a South, because the AFC South is just as bad as the NFC South, let's be honest. I would have went to the AFC South with Carolina. That's where I would have went. But I understand. Uh, Carolina still the NFC South. Oh, now, who was it in the AFC South? There's somebody in the AFC South that needs a quarterback, wasn't it? Indianapolis. Oh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah, no, don't go to Indianapolis. Okay, I see why he went to the Saints now. Never mind. <laughs> No. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, but you, but you look at it, and I agree with you. Like, I don't have a lot of faith in Dennis Allen either. I do think that the roster that he has right now is more talented 
than the roster that he had in Oakland when he went over four and got fired, right? Like, I, I do believe that. I also believe that depending on who you bring in, if Dennis Allen is not there after this year, it might be costly enough that you got to hang on to this guy for the next couple of years regardless. And my my thought is, and I'm not sure, but my thought is um, if you do have to hire a new coach next year, then one of the things that you're going to do if you're the Saints brass and trying to hire that coach is you're going to bring in a guy that is comfortable with or excited about the prospect of working with Derek Carr. Right? Like, yeah, but they all say that. They all say that, and then they come in and they get rid of the damn quarterback. All say it. Right? What Kevin Stefanski, oh, I want to work with Baker Mason. Love Baker Mason. Couldn't wait to run him out of town. Couldn't wait. Josh McDaniel yeah, went I, to Vegas. Man, I want to work with Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr. Couldn't wait to get rid of him. Two weeks after he was hired, you started hearing Josh McDaniels hates Derek Carr. That's the, see, and that's the part that bothers me is these coaches will lie in these and, – and nobody ever calls them on it, by the way. Because I'm not blaming the player at this. The coach will lie. So I want to work with this quarterback. Invariably, invariably. Three weeks in, into that coach being there. I don't know if he likes that quarterback. Dude, we're already hearing it with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. We're already hearing the you you did a little innuendos and they go, I don't know if Sean Payton really want to work with uh Russell Wilson. But you knew he was the quarterback when you took the damn job. No, that's, that's the thing. That's a so fact. now Derek Carr you know, so so Derek Carr's go going to a place where Dennis Allen probably will get fired. The new guy's going to scream, I love Derek Carr. And then three weeks in, we're going to start hearing, well, you know, and he don't really fit. And all of a sudden, the BS is, listen, take the money. I get that part. But and, and I that's just it. wish these players that, would stop putting themselves in vulnerable situations. But that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, if you look at it, that's the answer. He was really willing to work with them um, to where he's only going to count. Uh, Ten million against the cap this year. Right, right, he right. He gets he 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 gets sixty million up front. He gets a hundred right. million guarantee and a no trade cost. So if you're going to let him go next year, you're going to really be in salary cap hell for a while, right? Because this is true. You're going to take some you're going to take some serious hits with this money being on the line. If I'm Carr. And I'm looking around at all these teams that want quarterbacks. Okay, you could go to the Jets. Do you really want to play no. in the bright lights in New York in that in that division no, that gets <laughs> twice a year and with Buffalo? And you know what I'm saying? Do you want to go there? No. Do you want to go to Indianapolis? No. You you already were the third best at best, the third best quarterback in your division, and some people say fourth. In the AFC West. Now you go look around the NFC West, you know, maybe San Francisco if they had felt inclined, but that didn't seem like that was going to go anywhere. It wasn't going to be probably if you had gone to Arizona, it would have just been a one-year thing anyway until uh, Tyler got Yeah, that wouldn't have worked out. That wouldn't have worked. Yeah, Yeah. that wouldn't have worked. And and then Seattle's bringing Geno back, right? And so do you want to go play for the Commanders? Oh, I mean, hell, you know what? 
It depends. Do, you know, am, I, am I being given assurances that Ron Rivera is going to be gone after the season? Eric Benry's getting the job. That's the right. only way I go to Washington if, if I'm a quarterback. Only way I go there. Right. So you look well, at. I see, I see now, your point. And now the Giants have franchised uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones, right? So did they franchise him already, or are they still talking about it? Did they talk? Are they still talking about the franchise? I think it came. I think it came out yesterday. They're franchising it. Okay. Wow. And so he's not going there. And then you go look at Carolina. Well, Carolina just let one coach go. They just brought in a new coach. He at least is familiar with Dennis Allen. That's the guy that drafted him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He has he has some familiarity there. But if you look at the Saints roster, now I'm sure they had some conversations about how these contracts are going to run. But like I said, there's talent there. And this is a very, very winnable division. And, I mean, do we really this think is true. that? I mean, we, we have to see what happens. But, I mean, does Kyle Trask scare you in Tampa? You know what I'm saying? And Listen, now I don't, they I don't may- care who they get in Tampa. Kyle, uh, Todd Bowles is the coach. Their teams don't suck because Todd is terrible. And, and so you look at Carolina, Carolina trader. I mean, listen, uh, Steve Wilkes got a lot out of that Carolina team, and they got some talent there too. They said that it came down to Carolina, the Jets, and New Orleans. So to me, those are the three most likely spots for him to land out of all the different places that we've kind yeah. of talked about. Those are the three most likely places to land. And you feel like, even though he may not be there after this year, you feel like there is some stability in New Orleans. Now, Sean Payton just went and uh, got a few coaches off that staff. But you got a guy mm-hmm. calling plays who has – I mean, he didn't always call p- plays under Sean Payton, but he understands the system that they're trying to run. Uh, you got a guy who, uh, if the team had had a little bit more success – uh, could have very easily been in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year at the wide receiver position. Yeah, so you got yeah no, Carmichael, Carmichael is very flexible. So he's going to fit the system to fit Carmichael, what a lot of these guys do. Because you got to remember, Carmichael was working with, uh, what's the dude's name? Taysom Hill, right? Drew Brees, Jameis Winston. Um, Teddy what's my man named? The one that, uh, there you go, Bridgewater. So he's really flexible in how he calls games. So I, see, that's the part I like. I like the Pete Carmichael piece. I like that piece. I just dislike the Dennis Allen piece more. Now, the one thing that I can say, I don't necessarily like Joe Woods as a defensive coordinator hire. But what I hope is that Dennis Allen will take a little bit of a hands-off approach on the offense and continue to work with that defense because uh, – for. For all of his failings as a head coach, Dennis Allen is a hell of a defensive coordinator, right? Like Yes, and that's uh, the know, thing. Yeah, leave him at the D coordinator spot, yeah. Yeah, he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. I mean, he's the – you know, Dennis mm-hmm. Allen and his ability to game plan is a lot of the reason why, until this year, Tom Brady and Tampa never beat the Saints in the regular season. Like, Tom Brady was 0-4 right. against the Saints going into this year. Mm-hmm. So – Yeah. And so – and this past year, I think I think part of it was Josh McDaniel's system. I think part of it, too, was really trying to go above and beyond to feed Devontae Adams, who had a great year. Uh, but 
also not much depth behind Devontae Adams, and it was like Derek Carr didn't really trust other guys at the receiver position. His numbers were uh, percentage, like completion percentage and everything else, were lower this year than they have been since his rookie season. But you look at the previous four seasons before that, you're talking like 67, 68, 70, and 67% or something. So 67% or better uh, completion percentage is 24, 25 touchdowns a season, 10, 11 picks, something like that. Um, and so if you if you can get some depth at that running back position, you get Kamara for part of the season with the other weapons on that team, he could throw between, if, you know, if he throws between 25 and 30 touchdowns and can keep the interceptions below a Baker's dozen um, with the other pieces that they have on this team and with the defense that they have, this team could win the division. Yeah, it's and and I think his problem in, in Vegas was all McDaniel's because didn't McDaniel's get to Denver and run the quarterback out that was there so he could go draft Tim Tebow? It is exactly what happened. And and how did that work? I see Josh McDaniel's should not be a head coach because when and that's what when he got there I knew Derek Carr was going to be there after that season I knew he wasn't going to be there. You basically blamed everything on the quarterback. So it ain't got nothing to do with you, bro. Because you're still trying to play like you Bill Belichick. So, but like you said, I mean, hopefully, listen, I, I like Derek Carr. Um, I would like to see him be because I'm tired of people blaming him for stuff that is out of his control. He had 17 coaches while he was with Oakland, all right? 17, you know what I'm saying? But he had, he, I, I don't think he had the same coach more than, more than one season. There's a time, time there. Unless, no, Gruden, Gruden. And let's call it spade a spade. She has let's call it spade a spade. And let's call it spade a spade. The year, bef- the year before, not this season, but the year before, Gruden gets fired, middle of the season. They promote somebody within the staff. Everything could have completely fallen apart for this team. They had injuries, they had whatever else. This team goes to the playoffs. They were They very easily – could have beaten Cincinnati in that playoff game. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, that one play may have been on Carr because he kind of had an opening if he had just taken off probably. But yeah, yeah. But you look at it, with everything that went on in Vegas that year, you had, you had the deal with Henry Ruggs where he has the thing and then he's gone. Then you have the deal with Gruden. You have all the changes, all the injuries. There was one man who every week showed up at the press conferences. There was one man that stood behind the mic and answered questions on behalf of that entire team, and that was the starting quarterback. And so anybody that, that watched the train wreck that was in Vegas but yet still saw that team go to the playoffs, you'd be hard-pressed not to have some respect for Derek Carr and the way he conducted himself. Uh, yeah. You know, through that, yeah. and that's, that's that why I don't understand the. That's why I don't understand how people just went after him this season and blamed everything on him. So let me get this straight: he took a special teams coordinator as his head coach, and they got to the playoffs. And then Josh McDaniels goes in there. Suddenly, he can't play quarterback anymore, but it's not the new coach. Okay. 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 <laughs> it's it's amazing how they craft narratives for the people that they like. That's all I'm going to say. And if it, had, if, 
if it had been a black coach, the quarterback would still be there and the coach would be gone. Listen, if it had been a coach they didn't like, it wouldn't have been Derek Carr's yeah. fault. Right. But, you know, hopefully, like I said, hopefully I'd, I'd like to see him be successful. Um, and I'm just glad he got his money. And he got a no-trade clause. Good for him. Pay me if you want to trade me. Pay me. So, you know, um, I was going to talk about Jabba. We talked about Jabba before anybody else, so I'm not even going to get back into that because we said we said over two weeks ago what should happen that finally happened. But what I would like to get into is since we're in the NFL, because there's a couple of things going on. Um, where you want to go? Because I'm, I'm going to get to the clown boy, uh, the dark uh, master of darkness. But is anybody you want to get to? <laughs> uh, so, so a couple of news and notes that I saw before you, before you go there, and then and let's definitely go there. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are releasing linebacker Eric Kendrick. Um, Kansas City is going to be releasing Frank Clark, and they have decided that they are not going to franchise tag um, Orlando Brown. And so there has been some discussion as to whether or not they would be able to work out a long-term deal. Both sides are kind of far apart right now. Uh, but these are some moves uh, that, that Kansas City is going to have to kind of get figured out uh, as, you know, as they move forward, <clears throat> you know, as, as far as how they're going to manage that roster. Because uh, if Orlando Brown is allowed to hit free agency, he becomes one of the top targets at offensive tackle. Um, because yeah, but though at, at times he struggles, he's still a mountain of a man. Yes, and yes, yeah. <laughs> and so and and so uh, even though at times he struggles, that that is not a bad guy to have protecting your blind side at at the this quarterback position. This is true. This is true. So, I, this the Frank Clark. Uh, those, I didn't know about Frank Clark. Man, what are they thinking? Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if anything is going to be worked out. Uh, but Frank Clark is a guy that you know uh, on the defensive line that that may be you know having a change of address this off season. So uh, that is something to to keep an eye on. Uh, so those those were yeah, three that yeah. I saw so far today. And and of course, as the as the next couple of weeks come out, it's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like how NFB, uh, NBA free agency goes, right? So you're going to start hearing rumors of these things that are going to be happening, though a lot of them aren't going to be official, you know, until March 15th, until next week. Uh, but as this next, you know, these next sort of eight days sort of uh, come out, nine days, I guess, you're going to start seeing more and more names of, of players that are going to be released. I heard Denver is also looking to try to shop Cortland Sutton, see what they might be able to get back for him. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But now let's go over you. See, Sean Payton, so Sean Payton already, he's already doing it. He already see. See, this is what this is why I, I dislike. This was a good roster. The, the Denver roster is a good roster, right? Why you get rid of Courtland Sutton? Just so you can prove that you in charge. See, this is the setup to get rid of Russ. I'm telling you this right now. I'm saying this right now. This is the setup to get rid of Russ. What he's going to do is he's going to take away pieces that Russ needs, and then when Russ doesn't perform, they're going to say, see, Sean Payton, he couldn't perform for him. It's Russ's fault. I'm telling you this is the setup. This is the setup right now. 
Russell Wilson may as well go ahead and start looking for a new team. May as well go ahead. He may as well go ahead. Because yeah, that's nonsense. How could you not want Cortland Sutton on your team? Well, and they've already started setting up this narrative, right? Because <clears throat> over the last couple months, there was this conversation that Russell Wilson wanted his own locker room and didn't want to dress in the same space with the rest of the team. And he insisted on his own quarterback's coach and and all this. So, um, you know, I, it's a very – I feel like they've already started trying to – to feed that that narrative to try to go ahead and uh, and move on from Russ um, in this next year. So the the deal is right now, and of course Sean Payton said all the right things in the press conference. He wants to help him revive his career and all these kind of things. But at the same time, Denver has also put themselves in this situation, kind of like what we were just talking about with the Saints. They put themselves in a situation where they at least have to give the Russell Wilson experiment a couple of more years because of what they've given up and because of the contract that they gave. Because if you don't, if you don't, you're going to hamstring your roster where you can't do anything to get better. Say it again. What do new owners like to do? They like to spend money. Yeah. So they don't care. They don't care. Oh, salary cap it? We don't care. Got more money than God. Now, it takes new owners about five years on average before they understand the concept of stop screwing up the salary cap. I mean, Dan Snyder's a clown, but remember when Snyder first took over Washington? He won the offseason every year. Sign this guy every year. And every year he was spending money, spending money, getting rid of guys, spending money, spending money. You just gave a contract. I don't care. Cut him. I'll sign this guy. Right? That new money, bruh, is burning a hole in their pocket. It's burning a hole in their pocket. Want to spend it. Want to look good. I got to impress these other billionaires. They don't care. They don't care. I see Sean Payton know he going to be there. He know he going to be there the length of his contract. So, okay, you want to screw it up for a couple of years, no problem. We'll be able to look at my contract. I'm bulletproof. I'm Kevlar. I'm Sean Payton. Everybody love me. I will say this, though. I think I think even he said it, and I think in a way, Sean Payton does want to at least give this a shot with Russell Wilson. And here's why I say this. Because, and, and trust me, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate uh, what he did for the New Orleans Saints, but I don't, I don't owe him nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't feel in any way indebted or whatever. Like, listen, he he did a lot for this franchise, but he's moved on. He don't want to be there anymore, so good riddance, you know. I hope, it, you know, I, I, I want to see Russ do well because I like Russ. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know, no coach has gone to a second team and won a Super Bowl, and I hope he's not the exception. Uh, so that See, being think... said, uh, real quick, that right. being said, he figured out. I, I think the reason why he left New Orleans, it wasn't because he thought his message was getting old. 
it wasn't because uh, it wasn't because he didn't respect the people running the organization anymore or whatever else. He left New Orleans because he lost his franchise quarterback because he's finally retired, and the guy that he was so bullish on being the next guy wasn't that dude. Taysom Hill didn't turn in to be the guy that Sean Payton uh, believed he could be. Everybody tried to tell him, and he didn't turn into that. Sean Payton figured out for the first time in his career that it's a lot harder to coach in the NFL if you don't have a very steady hand and a franchise-type quarterback. And I think that's why he left New Orleans, because he did not see the Saints being able to get one of those guys. I agree. And I think think he he was about to get exposed. Yep, and I think when you look at the places that he could have gone, I think that he went to Denver because he believed Russell Wilson was the most proven quarterback out of all the possibilities or out of all the players that he could be the head coach of. Yeah, and if and if Russ fails, it ain't his fault. It's Russ. Because, see, people don't like Russ anyway. So Russ gives him cover. Russ gives him two seasons mm-hmm. of cover, right, before anybody looks at him. And then depending on where they draft and who they get, he's got two more seasons of cover. Well, he's got a five-year deal, right? I think he's got a five-year deal. So guess what that takes yeah, him to? His fifth season. That takes him to his fifth season. And then if it still don't work, he can go back to TV and say, hey, man, wasn't my fault. I got there with a franchise quarterback who was a bum. Then they drafted this guy, and it didn't work out. Ain't my fault. I'm still a boy genius. Because I think Sean Payton mm-hmm. started believing his own hype. Dude, it was, it was a perfect storm with you and Breeze. Because if San Diego hadn't been so damn stupid, they would have kept Drew Brees. And Sean Payton would never would have coached him. Well, you understand and, what I'm saying? So, so, you had to, yeah, so you had to have two You had to have two other things happen, too. Had, well, one other thing happened. San Diego was stupid, and Miami failed him on the physical and didn't want to take the chance at it. Because here's the other thing. Right. Uh, if, if, if Nick Saban has Drew Brees in Miami – is he, in, is he in Alabama two years later? I'm not sure. Right? No, he's but, not. No, he's not. No, he's not. So, and at so that, that time in the NFL, defense was winning championships. So we yeah. know that Saban could coach defense. Man, look. But, I, like I said, it's, it's, it's interesting. You're right, though. There's going to be some interesting names. Like, I don't understand what Kansas City's thinking. Because we saw a couple of seasons ago when they were screaming about we don't they need defense they need defense they need defense, and so you get rid of Frank Clark because that makes sense. Ah, you know, listen, far be it for me to question people who won two Super Bowls in what three years, five years, something like that. But okay, okay. Now let's 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 get to our master of darkness. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> this is hilarious what's going on it's hilarious I'm going to make a quick decision I'm not going to hold the team hostage 
is a few days before free agency. Yeah, well, you know, I'll let you know when I let you know. If you don't like it, don't tune in. I'm sorry, what? I thought you was going to let them know quickly. I thought you were not hold anybody hostage. I thought you wasn't going to drag this out. Yeah, we'll meet at some point. You, but when you went into your darkness retreat, you said when you came out, you would go see them. And apparently he came out and still ain't talked to them. So what, he went from the darkness retreat to a sunlight retreat? He's somewhere sitting in the sun? And, well, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. In his eyes, in his eyes, it's an improvement from the last guy. Because now, so originally it was, I'm going to let you know a few days after I come out, right? Now he went back and said, I, I'm going to let them know sooner rather than later because I don't like the way that Brett Favre did it. So Favre kept him waiting until like May. And then he said he was going to retire. And then he tried to come back later and say he wanted to come back. So I think now he's justified this to himself by saying, as long as I'm more timely than Brett Favre, then I'm doing better by this franchise than the guy before me. (laughs) And so I'm like, yo, that – that's like, yeah. You know, that's like saying like, I, you know, I think back to an old Chris Rock comedy routine, and he said sometimes people have the lowest standards for themselves. Like I ain't never been to jail. He's like, you're not supposed to go to jail. And then he's like, I take care of my kids. And he's like, you're supposed to take care of your kids. You know what I'm saying? So I look at this and I'm like, yo, what are you trying to say? At least I'm better. Then the guy who, you know, tried to keep the franchise on the, you know, waiting on the hook for three months after free agency, and now is being accused of stealing money from, uh, from the poor. I'm better than him. Oh, that's a real stand-up guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's see, and and and, and you know, Green Bay did this to themselves because they weren't willing to to push the button on Jordan Love. Now, you either lose an asset in Jordan Love, and then you lose Far or Rogers after this season, or you Rogers comes back, and now you keep Love, and now you got to pay both of them, and you can't fill the team. Because here's the thing: because there's so few teams that want Rogers, <clears throat> you have no leverage to trade him. If and, you were going to trade Rodgers, uh-huh. go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. The thing about it is <clears throat> you were so desperate to keep this guy you, uh, because you, you, he said he, you know, he might leave and he might want out, you know, and, and Schefter reported that on the eve of the NFL draft two years ago, right? So now <clears throat> you're so desperate to keep this guy because he claims he might leave and so, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? And so then you go, okay, you go get him Randall Cobb. That's all it took. Um, but then you construct this contract in such a way um, this past season, like just last summer, they constructed this man's contract in such a way that it's like whether you keep him or trade him, he's going to cost you $40-plus plus million this year. Listen, they put a poison pill in their own contract. They put a poison pill yeah. in their own contract. And, and had you been willing to suffer 
for a season with Jordan Love? Had you been willing to suffer for one season? Because I believe in Jordan Love. I believe Jordan Love is going to be a very good quarterback. I really do. And you didn't make the he playoffs the season needs that to you play. didn't. Then you didn't bite that bullet. You didn't even make the playoffs the season that exactly. you refused to bite the bullet in the first place. Exactly. So and now you now Jordan Love would have worked with the young receivers. How about that? How about that? Now the trade market is basically the Jets or Carolina, which means they both will look at you and say, "Well, first of all, I'm not taking sixty million dollars." Oh, and I'm not giving you this year's number one. I'll give you next year's number one. When I'm good and you get like a high 20s, low, or, you know, a, a late 20s pick, which at that point is basically a second round pick. And maybe I'll give you a second this year. Oh, and I'm not giving you any of my good players either. Because if you that's, that's what happened to this. That's what happened to the Saints. Go ahead, they, go got ahead, back, go they got a first round pick this year, but it's a 29th pick. So they basically got an early right. second-round pick, right? But go ahead. If you're the Jets. Right. Yeah, so if you're the Jets at this point, giving up any actual young talent for Rodgers, no. Are you taking that whole $60 million? No. Are you giving up a first-rounder? Yes. Is it this year's? No. And what are the, what are the Packers going to say? What are they going to say? Because if Rodgers says, I don't want to be here now, she more than likely will, I believe. Now he screwed you because had he told you this when the season was over, dude, they would have got a haul then. Now all the teams teams are kind of settling into, you know what, we're just going to go get us a young quarterback. We're just going to get us a young quarterback. Indianapolis is like, mm. see, you could have suckered the Indianapolis owner into giving you basically Jonathan Taylor and three draft picks. Rogers because the owner's a clown. Mm-hmm. Yes, now he's out because he now he's fixated because you know how how these addicts are, you know they get fixated on things. He's fixated on trying to get that number one pick from Chicago. Yep. So he don't want Rogers. You know he want that new bright shiny toy. So you down to two teams, and if it's down to two teams, like ah, I'm not paying that. Let them pay it. The Jets like nah, I'm not paying that. Let Carolina pay it. And Carolina's sitting there, well, we don't get them. We still have a high draft pick. We can just go get one of them quarterbacks out there draft. Well, so the same with Atlanta. There's no loss for Atlanta. them. Yep. The same with Atlanta. They're eighth, ninth pick or whatever. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that he's going to be there. But in Atlanta, instead of biting the bullet on this Rodgers contract, even if they feel like he's a project, they might go get Anthony Richardson. Yeah, get me started on, on that. Actually, we're going to talk about that because, oh, good God, that's some ridiculousness going on. But I think Lanta's either going to roll with Desmond Ritter or they're going to – now, if they sell out, they're selling out for Lamar, not for Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. So Atlanta is Atlanta is just basically saying it's Lamar or Ritter, period, end of story. Or we add some more talent to the roster because if we keep Ritter – then we just add more talent to the roster and build around him because he's cheap, right? And if it turns out after this season that he's not the guy, we got a loaded roster that we can drop somebody into. And now you can go out and get you – because there's going to be another veteran quarterback available. Hell, it might be Russ or we know. So now you drop – now, now you, you, you can drop a veteran quarterback. 
if you have a loaded roster and he turns out not to be the guy, then maybe if you've got enough talent around him, then maybe you package maybe some some of what's on your roster. Plus, th- there's a possibility if Ritter's not the guy, you're going to get a pretty high draft pick anyway. So then maybe you're uh-huh. in the running for a guy. Like, maybe you're in the running for a guy like Caleb Williams, or you're in the running for uh, your boy from uh, North Carolina, Drake May, next year. How about that? Exactly. So you so you're good. No matter how it shakes out, you're good. So Rogers has no way. Rogers honestly has cut his own throat trying to be smart. See, this is what happens when you want to prove you're the smartest guy in the room. Invariably, <clears throat> you wind up looking like the dumbest guy in the room. But but here's the deal: there's Never one fails. person dumber. Than, there's one person dumber than Aaron Rodgers in this whole ordeal, though, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Because at the end of the day, the contract is constructed in such a way that they're going to take a massive hit and Aaron Rodgers is going to get paid. Because here's the thing. The, the only saving grace, the only way that this uh, doesn't look terrible for the Packers organization is if Aaron Rodgers comes back and says, you know what, I want to retire. He's not going to retire because he doesn't want to go into the Hall of Fame the same year as Tom Brady. So that's not going to happen. But that's the only way the Packers yeah, end up yeah. without. Yeah, that's the only way the Packers end up without egg on their face. The and so as as bad as it makes Aaron Rodgers look, to me the Green Bay Packers organization and that management look worse than Aaron Rodgers does. And the sad part about it is, yeah. this is the only franchise that is actually owned by the fans. And so, at the end of the day, the people end up biting the bullet on this more than anybody else. Yup. So, Aaron Rodgers yep. is the common folk is what happened. Yeah. It's uh, it's ridiculous what's going on, man. It's ridiculous. But I'm glad you brought up Anthony Richardson. Let me just say this right now. Whatever GM drafts Anthony Richardson, and mentions his combine workout should be drug off of the stage, okay, put, and put on a bus to Cucamonga. Don't let him go back and sleep clean out of his office, nothing. Drag him off the stage. Because if a combine workout is contributing to why you are drafting Anthony Richardson, who is immensely physically gifted, but it's basically Sam Darnold. Anthony Richardson is Sam Darnold. Or Tim Tebow. How'd that work out? No, he, no, he can throw. No, he can throw. He's just, his decision-making, his decision-making is terrible. He panics. His accuracy sucks. He's a, he's a freakish, freakishly athletically gifted Sam Darnold. So he, he So why in the hell would you wise, draft him? He throws mm-hmm. more like Sam Darnold, but the other intangibles in the workout, the speed, the jumps, all that kind of stuff, that kind of workout stuff does remind me of what Tim Tebow put up. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. But he's not a good quarterback at the end of the day. Like, you can call him a project, though, you want. Anthony Richardson is never going to be a <clears throat> good 
quarterback. Never. He he you know you know the his ceiling is Taysom Hill, man. That's his ceiling. You don't draft Taysom Hill number one. <clears throat> it would not surprise okay. me. Yeah. It would it would not surprise me if Baltimore were to sell out on Lamar Jackson, which I'm not saying they're going to. But it would not surprise they go me get if they did for them to go get Anthony Richardson. what that would be so perfectly sweetly ironically karmically perfect because then Eric DaCosta will finally be exposed for the terrible GM he is okay a guy who helped push Ozzie Newsom out because Ozzie wasn't ready to retire but they wanted to keep Eric DaCosta so they gently nudged Ozzie out that office so Eric DaCosta could have the job Mm-hmm. And what has he done since he got the job? Get every season, all of your players are hurt. You finally decided to, to change the strength and conditioning people because y'all can't keep nobody healthy. You were going to fire Jim, uh, John Harbaugh, and then you said, "Well, hell, let's try Lamar." You let La- you let Lamar save Harbaugh's job, but then you wouldn't build around Lamar. Yeah. yeah, you know what? You that never honestly got, would be ne- funny as hell. You never got him any weapons, and now <clears throat> the guy who can, you know, everybody says, well, the problem is Greg Roman. The problem is Greg Roman and his high school offense. Well, I don't know what else you expect him to do when you don't really give him many weapons on the outside. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so you look at that, and I'm not saying I'm not saying Greg Roman's a great offensive coach, but I am saying that at, at the end of the day, <clears throat> it matters what you have uh, receiver-wise. Whatever Some people say, well, Rashad Bateman and this guy and this guy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not buying it. I, and the thing is, Bateman. <laughs> can be a number one, okay? He can be a serviceable number one, but if you can't keep him healthy because your your, your health and and strength and condition of people suck, because this is not a dude who was injured in college. He was not a guy that was injured in college. And suddenly he gets to your organization, you can't keep him healthy. J.K. Dobbins wasn't somebody who got injured a lot in college. You can't. Look at the list of players that they've drafted who were fine in college. These are not guys that came out with injury-prone tags who they can't keep healthy. Lamar Jackson played in a pro-style offense in college, and you dumbed it down because why? Because you can't – the last good wide receiver they drafted was probably 20 years ago. Some organizations are good. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care what round they draft the wide receiver in. That dude's going to be good. They coach him up, and they turn they turn average receivers into really good receivers. Say what you want about Juju Smith-Schuster. He is a really good receiver. Is he a number one? No, but he don't have to be. He's a really good receiver. When did they draft him, like fourth, fifth round? Um, look at the receivers that have come out of Pittsburgh. Tell me the receiver that pit the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted in the first round since Lynn Swan. 
You can't think of one. But look at the receivers they had, the Plaxico Burrises, Antonio Browns, all them guys. They weren't first-round picks. Right. <clears throat> Baltimore, so don't tell me, well, Baltimore's drafting low. Pittsburgh never drafts receivers. Pittsburgh don't draft a receiver for the third round. They don't draft receivers no, for the third round. Ward, look at Antoine Randall. Look at, um, mm. you know, Antonio, Antonio Brown, yep. Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, you got all these oh. guys. None of them. Emmanuel Sanders got his start there. Yep. None of them. That's right. That's right. Martavius Bryant, who put in Pittsburgh, sucked everywhere else. <laughs> yep. Well, Martavius Bryant was a great draft receiver. receiver on that team. Yes, he was. And left the left, left Steelers and forgot how to catch balls. You know what? And in certain teams, <clears throat> I, 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 for whatever reason, it's certain teams and they just can't draft a particular position. I don't know what it is. Jets can't can't draft a tight end. Nope. And luckily the Saints realized they couldn't draft a quarterback, so they really haven't tried. The Saints have only picked up one quarterback in the first 100 picks of the draft in the last 20 years. And you know who it was? Garrett Grayson. Was it Bobby Hebert? Nope. Garrett Grayson. Mm. Who? Damn, I don't even remember him. I don't even remember him. A guy that never saw the field. He came out of, like, Colorado State or somewhere. But the Saints drafted him as a project with, like, the 95th, 96th pick or something. Like, third-round pick. Uh, And now, the one other guy that they were going to draft, they were ready. They had it queued up and everything. And then Andy Reid traded in front of him in the Cincinnati and drafted Pat Mahomes. They told okay. Drew Brees. Okay. They told Drew Brees. Drew Brees came by the Saints uh, football office's main complex the night of the draft, and Sean Payton told Drew Brees, we are two picks away, and if Pat Mahomes is there, we're drafting him. He may sit for a year under you. But he's our next franchise quarterback if he's there because we believe he's that guy. <clears throat> and they tried Andy to keep to it, it. They, tr- they tried to keep it quiet, and then they worked him out a week before the draft. And as you know, nowadays nothing's quiet anymore, right? right. So they didn't say anything. They didn't spend a lot of time with him beforehand. So that way, when he went to other teams, and they were asked, you know. <clears throat> what other teams have you met with and whatever else? They tried to wait till you know, late <clears throat> and meet with him and work him out. But we're in the social media age. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, so you weren't hi- hiding that. And so Andy Reid trades up. Now Andy Reid's got two Super Bowl rings. Sean Payton went to TV for a couple <laughs> years. And now yeah. he's got to see him twice a year in the same division, the best quarterback in the league. So that is the one guy that the Saints were gaga over and wanted to draft with their first-round pick. But the funny thing is, the funny thing is, the guy that Sean Payton wanted to be his general manager, which he did not get with his new head coaching position, 
was Ryan Pace. Well, Ryan Pace was the guy who in Chicago passed on Pat Mahomes, passed on Deshaun Watson, and drafted Mitchell Trubisky with the second <laughs> overall pick. Because you can't make so this up. There, so there's your boy genius for you. I want Ryan Pace yeah. as my general manager. Can't make this up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really can't. You can't make this up. Like you said earlier, <laughs> sometimes people want to be the smartest person in the room. And it doesn't always work so well. And, yeah, and, and see, that's another thing. The, I did... Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And so, and so now, because people want to be the smartest man in the room, now Eric the Enemy has to work with Sam Howell. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, because see that piece about him wanting Ryan Pace, I didn't know that. That just bolters my, my, my argument that he wants to get rid of Russ because if this season doesn't go well, you know George Payton is out, right? And guess who's going to be the new general manager? <laughs> With the thing that I detest about the NFL is that these front office people will sabotage seasons just to get their guy in a position. I, listen, when 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 John Isaac, when they brought John Isaac in to, to be the gym of the Jets, everybody knew he didn't want Rex Ryan. So he literally sabotaged Rex Ryan. He drafted trash, and the team was sucked. So he was able to get rid of Rex. That's how this works, yeah, man. And, and, and to me, I don't care what kind of. Uh... I don't care what kind of little amateur video Rex is shooting with his wife, man. He wasn't hurting nobody. Yeah. And Rex Ryan can and Rex yeah. Ryan can coach. Okay, so the man likes feet. Yep. Okay. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> like, as long as you don't like my feet, I don't give a damn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. He like his wife's feet. Guess what? He should like his wife's feet. He sleep with her every night. I hope he like every inch of her body. Right, exactly. I love my wife's so, fingernails. Yeah, it's your wife, bro. You're supposed to. Right. So, and looking at it, Chandler, I had a conversation with somebody that I respect dearly this past Sunday. <clears throat> so, I guess yesterday. That would have been Sunday. And she made the statement to me that she doesn't like the NFL combine. She likes football. But doesn't like the NFL combine because she feels like it's just a uh, it's a it's a dog and pony show, and I mean her exact words were it reminds me of like it reminds me of like the slave blocks bringing the guys up, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like a meat market type of thing. Yes. And so and, yeah. and so when when she sees like. Uh, you know, workouts and all these kind of conversations about people at the at the NFL Combine. She's like, I don't even pay attention to it. I I I turn it off. And and so and so she's black, and I respect her view a lot. She's somebody that um, I've talked sports with for several years, and, and near and near and dear to me. So uh, somebody that I greatly care about. And so I hear that, <clears throat> and. I don't really go crazy over combines like a lot of people do anyway. I don't really watch them and whatever else. But it got me really to thinking, and it kind of made me feel some sort of way. So I, I, I would like to hear your opinion on that, 
on that observation. I agree with that totally. That's why that's why I don't like the combine. Because they didn't used to have the combine. When uh the NFL wasn't integrated, there was no combine. It was a workout. There was no combine. And I don't right. like and, seeing and a bunch of white men. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. Finish. I I personally don't like seeing a bunch of white men poking and prodding and feeling on black men. Stand over here. Let me feel your muscles. Run and jump. Let me see how strong you are. Go lift that. I've, I've never liked that. And then you add in the aspect that, and, 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 and I don't like it from that standpoint. It's always bothered the hell out of me. And then we just take it to, 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 the, to, the, to the football part. What the hell are you seeing in that that translates to the field? Oh, this guy's fast. You already knew he was fast. Yeah, but he's 4'3". Yeah, he's 4'3 in street clothes. You don't play football in street clothes. You had three, now, four years of unless they call a play, yeah, if the, unless they call a play, that's a 40-yard dash, yo, dude. All right, here's the next play. Split left, X, Z, Y, 40-yard dash. Right? And you get a first down if he runs a 4-3, then I don't give a damn how fast he runs in shorts and a T-shirt. Put some pads on him. Let me see him cut after he's been tugged on by a DB and after he's been chucked by a linebacker. Let me see if he can still get to the spot he needs to get to when he's supposed to be there. Let me see him catch a ball in the rain with his with fully padded up when it's a middle linebacker coming to take his head off. What does how high he jumps have to do with him being able to block? Oh, that defensive lineman, he long jumped 27 feet. Okay, what's that got to do with him blocking the defensive end? Is he going to long jump the defensive end? And if he is, none of it makes sense. Right. So he's going to leap out the way. Yeah, he's going to hit me. What the hell are we doing here, man? Well, it's I've, and, I've and never liked it from. Go ahead, go ahead. And she doubled down on it. She was like, "Listen, you got three, four years of tape, <clears throat> because at the end of the day, you know, football's different from any other sport, and that you don't have guys coming out of high school, one and done, or whatever, right? So you got you got three, four years of tape on these guys." You've seen them play. You've seen them in live action. Now, do I have – I think it maybe is a little bit different at a pro day or maybe if you if you really zero in on a guy and you really like him and you want to bring him in and work him out with your guys or whatever, and, you know, and put him to a practice and see how he does or something like that, you know, uh, I right. could see something like that. I could see something like that. How is he catching on? With, with what you're trying to do, if this is the guy that you're zeroing in on, I can see that. But, like, <clears throat> I, you know, I had kind of – I've been bothered by the combine for a long time, and I kind of thought something fairly similar. But, like, to, to hear somebody put that into words for me and put it all together, it just kind of, like, 
made it make sense to me. And, I mean, you think about it, like, <clears throat> it, it's sad because these guys say, I'm going to skip uh, this bowl game or whatever. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to train for the NFL draft. And they're training for the combine to put together a workout like what Anthony Richardson did, right, to hopefully get in the top ten. So basically what you're doing – and so you mentioned all the physical pieces of it, which I agree with. But then the fact that these guys can ask you anything in an interview, and sometimes they do just to see what kind of reaction they're going to get out of you and or if you keep your composure. Like, how old were you when you signed up? Yeah, what does that have to do with on the field? Yeah, nothing, right? And so to me, that's the other part of it that bothers me is – it would be one thing if the interview process focused solely on football or focused a little bit on, on so the upbringing or whatever. Tell us more about yourself. What kind of things you're interested in? What kind of things would you be interested in doing in our community? You know what I'm saying? Like if this is something, you know, if you come to our city, what kind of things are you passionate about? Like I can understand that. But to, under, but to hear the types of questions that some of these guys get, you know, from these teams in these interviews, it, 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 it's, I, um, it's a fraud system. I was in the service, right? I was in the service. I went in service in 1986, back when they could still put their hands on you, okay? Back when they could call you everything but a child of God, right? And some of that was done for effect. Some of it was done sometimes to see how well you stood up to certain things because it was about putting enough stress on you to see when you would break because that's life or death. So I understood why it was happening. I understood why you kept me up for 20 hours and then made me run five miles and then said, now, go do this task and this task and this task and you better get it right because I had to be able to work when my body was in a state of exhaustion, I had to still be able to function because otherwise someone might die. Football is not life or death. I have been a person that has interviewed people. If you know how to interview, I can ask you questions in an interview to see how you keep your composure and never be disrespectful. There are many ways that you can find out how someone operates under stress in an interview without asking them about their mother and calling their mother's whores and all that kind of stuff that they do. They dehumanize these young men. They are pieces of meat. No matter what race they are, they treat them like things. They treat them like things. It's a modern day. Think about it. You got a, it's what it is. Yeah, you got a son, right? You got a son, right? Yeah, sure do. Okay. Imagine, imagine your son standing in front of a, they're in a stadium filled with all of these people. And they're poking him and prodding him and saying, bend, lift, stretch. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a minute and think about how it would make you feel. You see your, your you would see your son as a thing at that point. 
And how would that make you feel to know that those people are treating him like he is not a human being? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, let's keep doing the combine because it's it's awful. And and this is why I said when I said about Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson is working. Oh, Anthony Richardson is moving up the draft boards. I'm sorry, what? You already knew he was freakishly athletically gifted. If you didn't know that, you shouldn't have a job. You didn't watch him play. You didn't watch him play. He ran away from people. There's very few guys. He did it in the LSU game, 77-yard touchdown. And I ran defensive backs who were a lot smaller than him, but guys that were supposed to be faster. Like, he has an explosive speed. I didn't need to see him do a combine workout to know that. Apparently, some of these teams did, which means your entire scouting department should all be fired along with you. Yeah, it's really a sad state of affairs that this is what goes on. And and I love the NFL. I enjoy the sport a lot. But I I think that at the end of the day, there are are definitely some things that that need to be looked at. Chandler, I'm not sure how much time you scheduled us for uh, tonight. We got about uh, 19 minutes. We got about 19 minutes because I I did it for an hour and a half. But here's, here's what I'll say. But I'm starting to realize when you're young, you love sports and you don't care about certain things because they're not important. You're young, you're a kid. You get older, you start noticing certain things, but you don't care because that's your team, that's your squad. As you, once you get over 30, you start to realize the hypocrisy of being a sports fan. You have to be a hypocrite to be a sports fan after the age of 30. You have to be. In order to support your team, you have to be a hypocrite, and you have to make morally dubious decisions with your integrity. And here's why I say that. I'm a Ranger fan. Love hockey. Patrick Kane is a terrible human being. He's a terrible human being. Look up, just Google Patrick Bain, Patrick Kane, and a Chicago Blackhawks player named Beach. And what Patrick mm-hmm. Kane and, 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 and his teammates didn't do to support him. Okay, and there's some other things that he did. But just, you can Google it if you want. Rangers oh, just got I've Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. So, in order for me to root for my team, I have to put aside the fact that I can't that I should not be supporting this man at all in order to root for my team. So at best, I'm a hypocrite, right? In order to be a sports fan over the age of 30, you have to decide how much of your integrity you're willing to sacrifice when it comes to supporting your team. Think about the fact that you have people who've been sexually assaulted rooting for the Cleveland Browns and say, go to Sean. But if he wasn't a quarterback, they would be out there with pitchforks and torches. How do you? How do Pitch you? Your torch, my baby. <laughs> yeah. How do you? How do you resolve yourself? Mm-hmm. It's it's getting harder and harder to do for me. It's harder and harder to do. And because and I think, I, at a certain, I think, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you got it. You got it. 
I was just going to say, at a certain point, how much of my integrity am I willing to give up just to root for this damn team? Yeah, and I think for me, it has become still <clears throat> the idea of I enjoy the competition and I enjoy seeing people compete in a sport. Um, I, I found myself to, I mean, listen, I, I still like NFL football. I still like uh, Major League Baseball. So, uh, got some interesting things. I, I can't wait to hear your take on this. I feel like maybe I should wait for Thursday on this because it's going to take us a little bit longer uh, to delve into this. Uh, but I, I feel like I, I enjoy the pure art of competition, but I, I agree with you. Like, at times, I feel like loyalty gets gets threatened, you know, for a particular team or whatever. And so I end up finding that I like certain guys. And, you know, I, I still have to watch the, the narrative because I, um, I almost – I almost sort of turned against uh, – I almost turned against Burrow a little bit this year based on media narratives and what I got tired of hearing. Once again, I believe Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but I appreciate what Joe Burrow did for LSU. I appreciate that he brought our team uh, a championship and had one of the most exciting offensive seasons we ever had. But it's just so uh, (laughs) – in this instant gratification in prison of the moment. Like, you know, we talked about the yeah. other day, and 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 I was, you know, we had a spirited argument yesterday, and it was almost as if um, I was a fool for not recognizing or not being willing to say that John Jones is the greatest of all times right now, and uh, once again, lots of talent. But how much of it has been wasted? And, you know, is there still things to prove? Sure. Um, have there been some other people that have uh, that have been really good in this game? Sure. And, and so we uh-huh. do get caught up in the moments a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and last, we're not even going to talk about the, the, the off-the-court stuff. We ain't going to talk about the domestic violence thing. We ain't going to talk about that. Right. Right? We're not going to talk about the fact that you hit somebody in a car. And it left the scene. Oh, holla. I got to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> we ain't going to talk about that. Because as someone said, well, you know, everybody makes mistakes. No one's perfect. See, you say that when you're trying to justify supporting somebody. And that's where, like I said, that's where, that's where it's getting harder and harder for me. Like, dude, I listen. I used to get into fist fights over the Knicks, man. Right? <laughs> I was in the service. I was the only Knicks fan on the ship. Two hundred and fifty people. I was ready to scrap. You talk about my Knicks, man. We gonna find us a void on this ship. We gonna go in there. Yo, listen. Somebody coming out lumped up. <laughs> like I was getting paid. <laughs> now I'm like, I don't give a damn if the Knicks win or not. <laughs> It's, it's very difficult, and it's getting harder and harder for me to get invested, you know. That's, I think that's why I'm so passionate about women's sports right now, 
because right now they're still in that stage of they got to love this thing, you know. And I don't see them getting in trouble. And I don't see them. There's been some instances of domestic violence in the W. Yes, there has. Compared to the NBA or the NFL or MLB or, hell, NASCAR, <laughs> they're basic, it's right. basically pristine. But, you know, I grew up. So, I grew up a I grew up a Lake I grew up a Lakers fan, right? And then to see Kobe and Shaq on the team, and then when when that broke up, it was real tough because I love Shaq. Shaq went to LSU, and I was a big Kobe guy. So when that whole thing happened, it kind of hurt my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like it was hard. And then to see them come back, get Gasol a few years later, win a couple championships. I, I was happy to see Kobe get back on top. Then to see Kobe late in his career, they didn't quite have the roster they should have had. Then he goes down. The whole thing was 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 very very tough to swallow. So then they go get LeBron. I respect LeBron. Wasn't really a huge fan of his. Not you know not a hate or anything or whatever. It's just like I didn't really rock with him like that. I wasn't a huge fan. Everybody has the right to like or dislike who they want to. You know what I'm saying? Um, so then. You know, they win the championship in the bubble. Great. I did kind of like Anthony Davis coming out of Kentucky. Then they had a couple bad rosters, and every week, Crossover Cafe, other shows we did, Barry giving me a hard time, and it's just like, man, I'm not upset about it anymore. I I didn't think it was a great roster. I didn't think that they were constructed to win, but but I'm not upset about it anymore. I'm not losing sleep over it. It's either either good or they're not. Um, and to your point, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm still passionate about, and you hear me talk uh, repeatedly, even though I'm the only one that, that talks about it. And that's perfectly fine with me. Uh, you know, they allow me to be one of the chefs here, so I'm going to rock with it and, and share a little bit of it, bit, bits and pieces at a time. But that's one of the reasons why I still always rock with and enjoy college wrestling. And Olympic wrestling. I enjoy most people that do that sport. First of all, it takes a lot of toughness. It takes a lot of discipline. And most people that are really good in that sport are really good at it because they're passionate about it and they care about it. Uh, Now, there's been a couple situations where you've heard of some different things happen. But you, you don't hear lots of stories about this guy in wrestling did this and that and this and is in any kind of trouble or you know what I'm saying? Uh, sure, there's some right. incidents, just like you said. Some in the W two, but compared to a lot of other sports, pristine, yo. I agree, and, and, and I just added some time because I want to hear. I want to hear what it is you just you was going to talk about. So I want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Plus, I ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> so they came up. We kind of talked about this a little bit, and know you said you hated it. I, I'm curious to know. Have you watched any spring training games yet at all? And do you have, yeah, have. any other th- do you have any more thoughts on this whole uh, on this whole pitch clock elimination of shift and, and these new rules in Major League Baseball? I am so glad you asked me. I'm gonna tell you why I, I, I love the elimination of the shifts. Never, I never liked the shifts. Okay, never liked it. Here is why I hate the pitch clock. The premise of the pitch clock is they said because there's dead time 
in the game and they want to get rid of it. Okay? I'm old. I've been watching baseball for over 50 years. I learned so much baseball listening on the radio, which people don't do anymore, and watching on TV. Joe Garagiola, Ben Scully, Tony Kubek, um, oh, Jack Buck, Ernie, Ernie Morehouse, people like that, Harry Carey, okay, Mel Allen, Red Barber, okay, um, I learned on the Saturdays when the game of the week came on, and I kept flubbing balls in the infield, I learned that I was holding my glove the wrong way. Coach didn't tell me that. I learned that from Tony Kubek. That I used to turn my glove over and have the palm of the glove facing down. That's not what you do. You got to have the palm up. You want to get down and you want to have your back leg in a kneeling position, front leg in front of you. So basically what you're doing is you're creating a square so if the ball hits you and you make your shoulders broad, so if the ball rolls up the glove, rolls up, hits you in the chest, drops right back in your glove, you still make the out. I learned that watching the Saturday game of the week. Mm-hmm. Still know it. And even Trickster. though I didn't like Tim McCarver, Trickster. even though I didn't like Tim McCarver, he yeah. dropped he dropped knowledge too. Yeah. Here's they used to talk about in that, what they call that dead time, that wasted time. They used to connect generations of baseball because baseball is timeless because it's supposed to connect generations, fathers and grandfathers and sons and mothers and grandmothers and daughters and nephews and nieces and uncles and aunts and brothers and sisters. Everybody's heard about Babe Ruth calling his shot. No one knows the story because they don't tell it anymore. The story of Babe Ruth calling his shot in the 1932 World Series the genesis of it is is that Mark Koenig, whose nickname was King Kong Koenig, Mark Koenig, second baseman for the Yankees, they called him King Kong. was at that time in baseball. He was considered a slugger. I don't think the man ever hit over 15 home runs in his career. Time in baseball, he was considered a slugger because he was a bigger guy. He was with the Yankees. He went to the Cubs. Yankees and Cubs meet in the World Series. When the teams meet in the World Series, the players vote on shares of the, the pot from the World Series, how much everybody's going to get. Because Koenig was still friends with a lot of the Yankee players, the Cubs players decided to give him less than the other regular players. Yankee players found out about it. They were heated. So the entire series, they were calling each other names. They were, they were brush back pitches, guys getting hit, the whole thing. Because the Yankee players didn't like how their former guy was being treated by the Cubs players just because he used to be a Yankee. So we get to the game. I believe it was game five or six. Charlie Root is pitching. Root comes up. The benches are riding each other, calling each other names. You fat SOB, babada, babada, babada. Okay? Root gets the first pitch, strike one on Root. Now he's calling all kinds of names. You fat old son of a gun, and da 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 da. Right? Next pitch, ball one. Now Root is giving him the business. They're going back and forth. I think you get the shoot was either one and two or two and one. Root takes one deep, wham, foul ball. Now they're really giving it to each other. They get to the point where Root is like, you know what, you some, 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 and he points to Root, and then, as the legend says, he then points out the left field. Next pitch, he takes Root deep, essentially ended the series. <laughs> now, I just connected 
1932. I just told a story that these baseball analysts don't talk about to give you context of the history of the game. That's what should be talked about in this so-called dead time. Okay? And you say you want to connect it. Well, Mark Keenick, if he played today, would be considered a punch and Judy hitter. If you took a second mm-hmm. base from today and put him in 1932, he'd be a slugger. Oh, my God. I just connected 70 years of baseball. 90. 90 years. You just connected they, a century. They don't do that. They do piss and moan about the fact that they're going to mm-hmm. miss their um, – their dinner reservation. The reason people don't like watching baseball now is not because of the slowness of the game. It's because the people announcing the game suck because all they do is denigrate the game and talk, talk about how terrible it is. Okay. If you keep telling me something is slow, if you keep telling me, oh, my God, this is just taking too long, I'm going to stop watching it. Now, well, aside from that, the reason uh, I just like the pitch, pitch clock is, and I'll be quick, is because – you're doing is you're taking away again the intrigue, the suspense, and the chess game. Is the game moving faster? Yes, it is. Most games are probably going to be about two and a half hours. Is that good for television? Probably. Do I like it? I can't stand it. So I, I want to give you, uh, first of all, I really like your point. Because, you know, one of my favorite things to do, and I, I listen to, I'm not quite as old as you, uh, but I'm close. And so I listen to a lot of the same folks. I remember <clears throat> in 2001, I got the MLB game day audio subscription. Now, we didn't have apps at the time. I know I sound like an old man saying it this way. But, so I listened to them on the computer. And when I started getting to a point where I could listen to Vince Scully every night, now you could only get him for three innings on radio because he was on TV the rest of the time. And I wasn't going to buy the TV subscription. That was way more than the audio. But, <clears throat> and then there was a guy, though, <clears throat> that, so I'm a fluent Spanish speaker. And there's a guy who just retired last year for the Dodgers. Jaime Harin was his name. And he was yes. a long-time yes. long Spanish announcer. So I used to listen to Vince Scully for innings one through three. <clears throat> and then sometimes I would go back and listen to Jaime Harin. He did the first – he did like Harry used to do on TV. He did innings one through three, and then he did innings seven through nine. So usually I would listen to Vince Scully one through three. And I would listen to Jaime Harin in innings seven through nine, and it was very much a pleasure to listen to. Listen, Vince Scully was a one-man booth, radio or TV, yep. didn't matter. But by the, by the time a series was over, you knew on the visiting team where everybody was from, important facts about people and their family. If somebody played sports and there was something interesting about their sister, their mama, their cousin, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you knew. And if, and if it wasn't anything interesting nope. about them, if there was something interesting about the community they grew up in or something else, mm-hmm. right? So now, so I agree with everything you just said. Now, I do want to present the other side of this a little bit. 
And that is one of the things we have. So we have evolved and not for the good in the situation I'm about to say. We have become even more so than we were 40 years ago. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. So uh, Brooks gets out of jail. And in the letter that he wrote back to everybody before he, before he hung himself, he said, the world's done gone and got in a great big hurry. Now, this was from early 30s to 50s or 60s, right? Because everybody's driving cars and everything else going on. And so he said, the world's done gotten in a great big hurry. Now, even more so now, in the age of mm-hmm. social media, Twitter, TikTok, all these different kinds of things, streaming, what they have figured out is, especially the younger generation, is consuming the game by watching the highlight packages or only watch, watching yes. bits and pieces. So the majority of fans are not sitting down and devoting the time to watch the game all the way through. Now, I understand there's a lot of games, and I understand that we don't have, you know, we have 162 of them now versus, you know, 12 college football games or whatever, right? So there's a lot more of them. <clears throat> but at the same time, if you think about it, you just said it. When we were young, it was the game of the week, yo. It was like a Saturday game. And then for a little while, ABC was doing like a Monday night game. Yep, yep. So you might have you might have gotten two games a week. Otherwise, you had to read the box scores in the paper to see how teams did because it wasn't as readily accessible. And I think it's a good thing for baseball in a lot of ways that it is more accessible. And let's be quite let's be honest. The fact that it has become more accessible has caused the players to be able to make a lot more money playing this game than they ever did back in the day, right? But Yep, yep. So so that that being said, we have become a country of convenience. Um there's a reason why there's a reason why TikTok is so popular. What, seventeen second videos? Whatever. I, I have never downloaded TikTok. I'll never watch it. We got a guy on Sports City Chefs and our group that post TikTok videos all the time. You know what? I never clicked on one of them. I don't watch it. I don't care to. Um, so uh, TikTok is the sound a clock makes, you know. That's it. Uh, so, but but looking at it, and I understand that makes me sound like this old get-off-my-lawn type of person. I get it, right? Uh, maybe it makes me sound like, well, back in my day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I am interested to see because – so I love the shift, too. I don't like the fact that uh, left-handed hitters are hitting hard ground balls that should be base hits or line drop. Because back in the day, um, people weren't hitting uppercut swings and trying to hit the ball at the ballpark all the time. It was right, you right. hit a home run if you ran into one but you were taught to hit line drives. And if you can hit line drives and spray it all over the field, you got a chance to be a high average hitter. If you can hit 300 on a regular basis, you got a chance to play every day. You got a great glove at shortstop, you can hit 230 
right? But but you got left-handed hitters knocking the crap out of the ball, and you get thrown out by a second baseman who's lined up in short right field. And you know, for years for years and years and years, that was a base hit. And to me, hitting a round ball with a round bat, when this round ball moves and breaks and darts and whatever else, at 90-something miles an hour, is one of the absolute hardest things in the world to do in sports, period. And so if you make solid contact, I feel like you should be rewarded for it, especially in an age where now you got guys who are specialists coming out of the pen. Used to, if you were in the bullpen, it was because you weren't good enough to start yet or you were on the back end of your career. Now, you had right. a couple of guys, like in the 70s, you started seeing a couple of closers, but you still had one dominant reliever and everybody else in the pen were the guys that weren't good enough to make the rotation. Now you've got guys specializing. So I like the three-batter rule that you can't switch every time. I hate that. That's right, all the time. I hate that. Uh, but I, I just I, – I, I don't like the fact pitch well on both uh, – at least compete against both sides. I, 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 it drives me crazy to see a guy always come in just to face one guy, and that's it. It, it drives me nuts. Well, see, so I, I like the – Here's why – here's why I, I dislike it, because what you're doing is you're taking away an element of strategy of the game because – you know I got this lefty for your next guy. So what are you going to do? See, it becomes a chess match at that point. Which guy you got? Are right. you going to bring that guy in? Because I'm going to bring my guy in. Okay? Now, which guy are you bringing in? Because can your guy hit my guy? And if your guy can hit my guy, now I can't bring in my guy. I got to leave in this guy who I know he can hit. Right. See, it becomes one of those, you know that I know, that you know that I know, that you know that I know. Right? <laughs> right, right. So, like, I'm... I'm I can live with the three battle. I don't like it, but I can live with that. The pitch clock, listen, is the game crisper? Yes, it is. Do I have to listen less to these guys blather about their tea times and their uh, 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 dinner reservations and crap that has nothing to do with the game? Half the time when you watch a game, you don't even know who's batting because they're so intent on talking about them they're not talking about the game. I don't even like games on TV That's, anymore for that reason. I, I, I do. Can't I've stand it, but you don't have a choice. I've, I've always preferred radio, and I still listen to audio. And I, I pay the $20, $25 a year to get the audio subscription because they're at least going to tell me things on the scoreboard. It would drive me crazy. Even though Harry Carey. Uh, used to drive me crazy with the Harry Carey would be a ground ball and he'd go ground ball easy out and you hear the throw the first base I'm like Harry who just made the play you know right. what I mean? like, and, but, ha- and so, but Harry was so interesting he, he was so entertaining you didn't mind right but I still wanted to know and, and, and but by seven days <laughs> in Harry had drank enough he couldn't always tell you <laughs> but but, yeah. but uh, uh, and don't ask him to say. I still remember. Don't ask him to say Luis Quinones. He had so much trouble with Quinones. Oh my again. god! I still remember to this day. But, but here's the one thing I will say. We have not. We we've turned into an all or nothing type game. Home run strikeouts. 
Yes, which I don't right? like. Yeah, which and I don't so, like. I don't either. And so this is the only thing that I will say about the pitch clock, Chandler. And this is why I'm willing to, even though my initial uh, reaction is that I don't like it, Um, what I'm hoping happens, it limits, and it does cut down the chess match a little bit, but it limits how many times that pitcher can throw over. It limits... And so, to me, does this get some teams back running again? Does it create more action oh, yeah, in the base yeah. pass? And, and yeah, now yeah, that you yeah, don't, yeah. now that you can't have a shift, does it then also highlight a guy who can hit behind the runner? So, if you got a guy yeah. going from first to second, and that second baseman is going to try to ease over and try to cover the bag because you got the right-handed hitter up, so he's a pull guy, so you want to leave the shortstop over at shortstop. Now, can this right-handed hitter choke up and hit the ball the other way and line the ball right into the hole that was vacated? So then the guy goes to – even if he didn't get the steal, the guy then goes to third, right? So now you got first and third. Right, right. right. So um, right, th- right. Does, does, the elimin- does the pitch clock and the elimination of endless throws over to the base does it increase the action on the base pass? I want to see, you know, when I was a kid, some of my favorite teams, even though I grew up a Braves fan, they were on TV and all this kind of stuff, but I enjoyed the sport of baseball. I enjoyed watching the St. Louis Cardinals run all over the field. I enjoyed yes, watching the Kansas City uh, Royals. Yeah, Willie Wilson and those guys and Vince Coleman and all these, and all these guys mm. creating – Action on the base pass, putting pressure on the defense. And now that you don't have the shift, the, your middle infielders are going to have to be more athletic. You can't hide a guy anymore. You can't cheat a guy over, you know what I mean? So even if he's got a decent throwing arm, if he doesn't have any range, you can't hide a guy at second base anymore. You've got to be able to play some defense. Right, which 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 has eliminated the Ozzie Smiths, the Gary Templetons, the Alomars. Eliminated them from the game. And, and, and listen, it's going to bring them all back. Listen, I've been watching a lot of spring training. Um, aside from the fact that they blather on ter- interminably about, well, you know, it's pitch clock, pitch clock. Yeah, we get it, bro. It's pitch clock. The game's only people who are, go- who are not going to be successful to shift the guys like Joey Gallo. You know, the other day, because uh, Gallo's in Minnesota, I think it mm-hmm. was – I want to say the Cardinals. I forget who the Twins were playing. I want to say Cardinals. I'm going to be wrong. They took their left fielder and put him in short right field when Gallo was up, and they got him out because Gallo refuses to hit the other way. What this is going to do is this is going to get guys like Gallo out of the game because you shouldn't be in the game. You should not play, be able to play Major League Baseball if you can't go the other way. And, and here's you the deal. Can't I don't care how good a pull field? hitter you are. Right. Yeah. I don't care how good a hitter you are. If they take a guy out of left field and put him in short right field, because they can do that. And if he can make the throw, he can And he couldn't guy. get a hit. And, but if, get a hit. If, if an entire – we Willie Keeler said back in the day, hit him where they ain't. Now, Babe Ruth told him they ain't over the fence. Which, right, <laughs> but but Ruth was the thing. only guy that could do that. Yeah, I hate 
mock, but it's going to produce I love. So I can I can abide I can live with it because based on what I'm seeing, oh listen, it's gonna be cats running wild. Someone someone's going to steal sixty bases this season. Someone's gonna steal sixty bases. Everybody thinks it's gonna be Trey Turner. I don't think it's gonna be Trey Turner. I think it's gonna be somebody no one's thinking about. I actually think it's going to be uh Albies. I think Albies stealing at least fifty bases. At least fifty. Okay. Watch and I out think someone for, someone's getting the sixty. Watch out for a guy like Stephen Kwan. Watch out for a guy yes. like Miles like Miles Straw or somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Miles uh, because, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean here's it and so to me to me that's why I'm willing to look at this whole pitch clock and everything else and say I'm willing to give it a chance and see what happens. That, because I want to see more action on the bases. You know, Ozzy Albies came up as a shortstop, has tremendous range. Um, what can Vaughn Grissom do, who, who's a, a good athlete at shortstop? We'll see. Uh, can he win that job? Uh, we'll see. Uh, but looking around the room, Francisco, Lind- Francisco Lindor's got some range. So what, is, what does he do there? I, I'm so curious to see – these guys, I think that uh, I think that Philly's middle infield with Stott and Turner could be fun to watch. But now the them. Dodgers, I but the Dodgers middle infield defense is going to struggle. Yes, and Miguel, Miguel Vargas and Rojas. Rojas yeah, because yeah, Rojas can only move two feet either way, bro. Now, if you <laughs> hit it at him, it is it, he's he is a vacuum cleaner if it's directly to him, right? He's as short-handed as it gets. He can't move no more. He's not the Miguel Rojas from three years ago. Now, young Miguel Rojas, he had range for days. He ain't got range for days no more. He got range for seconds. That's it. He got range for seconds. See, I think the pitch clock, I think, the, I think it should be a minute. And I think it should be a minute is because now you still have the ability for the pitcher to shake off the catcher. Unless they add the pitch comp to the pitcher where the pitcher can just pick his pitch. See, that's that's what the only, to I do. think you just – I know, but they, it's got to be great on it. They're not going to give the pitchers the pitch comp. Then I think you make it a minute. That's yeah. the only thing I, just, I would I do. just read that or, 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 Yeah, just add maybe 15 seconds because I want the pitcher to be able to get on there and not have to feel rushed because here's the thing. When a guy is rushing – his mechanics are off. And they said, oh, we didn't get a lot of injuries in the minors. This is the majors, bro. But, this but is the, the majors. Funny this ain't is, the minors. The funny thing is, though, looking at comments, I know we're getting close to getting out of here, but the, uh, looking at a guy like Max Scherzer, and this is very interesting to see because Max Scherzer is pretty insightful. Uh, he's played the game for a while. He's a veteran now. Scherzer says, and this coming from a pitcher, said, I think I like it. And because he and can manipulate piece was, and, and, and now he tried he tried some different things to manipulate it in his last start and didn't pitch well. But he, he's experimenting right now. But what he said was, it puts the control in the hands of the pitcher. And to be honest with yes. you, and to be honest with you, that makes some sense because how many times have we heard this analogy? Baseball is the only sport in which the defense has the ball, and everything yes. starts 
with the defense. But if the batter can step out repeatedly and all this, think about Nomar Garcia Parra. All the different things that he could play. He couldn't play right now. Couldn't no, play. He couldn't at all. He couldn't play and, right now. And so, and, and so I, I think maybe it needs to be tweaked some, and I think it'll be interesting to see. But I, I'm definitely willing to rock with this and get behind this and see how this goes. Now, what I'm not ever going to be in favor of, and I've heard some people that – I, I talked to a guy that works for Major League Baseball and has for a while. And he said there's been some internal discussions of regionalizing divisions and even considering going away from National League and American League. With the argument being that yeah. there's interleague play every with the with the argument being there's interleague play every day now anyway and this kind of thing and so it it's lost its prestige. I don't care. There needs to be a National League and an American League, and there needs to be, uh, if you want to realign things, maybe, but the, the alignment in baseball finally makes sense to me. It didn't always before. There was no reason the Braves needed to be in the National League West for as long as they were. Yeah, I remember um, that. I remember that. And, 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 the, and, the, and the Cubs were in the East, right? Yes. Uh, so and the there, Astros there, were in the West. Yeah. Right. And so, and now I understand the Astros being in the West with Texas and now those teams. I get that. But the Astros in the Central at one time, the Braves in the in the West. You know what I mean? Like there were some things that didn't need to happen. They wondered why the Braves couldn't be. Now they had some bad teams, but also when the majority of the teams in your division are in California. And you're having to go cross country multiple times, more times than any other team in baseball to play. <laughs> yeah, how you, yeah. How you start that to never made but, sense. But but I look at it and I don't want to see. I don't want to see the elimination of league. I don't want to see them do anything crazy with realignment. Um, and to me, I know there's talk about a couple more teams. In the, go ahead. I'd like to see Nashville get a team. I'd love to see the Nashville. I want Montreal to get a team. Where do you put Nashville? Where do you put Montreal? And to me, that's the, that's if the you, yeah, to me, though, okay, maybe. Now, what I could see possibly doing, if you were going to do that, you're playing a schedule anyway where you're, you know, they're going away from the balance schedule this year, and I'm not sure what I think about that. I know we've had that conversation too. But to me, if you're going to go more in balance, I mean, more of a balanced schedule where you're playing around the league anyway, then let, if you want to add another team to each league, then you've already expanded the playoffs. Let's go to four divisions. Let's go to four divisions of four teams each, and then let's have the division winners and then let's have a couple of wild cards for your six. Right? Let's do that. What are the divisions? Uh, so you got American League East, Central, West. What's the fourth division? The South? Well, well, you can do it a couple of different ways, but you could have the North, East, South, and West. I mean, that's what the, that's what the NFL does. Yeah, I just I hate uh, – I like American League East. I just hate the Cardinal points thing. I hate that. Um. 
But right. yeah, I see what you're saying. Though. Yeah, well, you you're gonna have to go south. That we, you know, that's really the only name you're gonna be able to give it. Um. But 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 I'm not a fan. But but I'm not. I would rather have four four two divisions in each league though than you eliminating divisions altogether. I mean, then you're uh, then yeah, you because here's the leagues altogether. Because you know what? If you do that, there's a cut. Like the Orioles and any other division make the playoffs last year. The Orioles make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's how good they were down the stretch. They make the playoffs. Oh, and so does Toronto. So does Toronto. Well, Toronto made it. Okay, so Baltimore makes the playoffs. There's a team in the National League, I forget who it was, that would have made the playoffs. So I like that in the sense of because there's some markets that are traditional markets because their ownership is terrible, um, are sitting just outside where they would have made the playoffs. I mean, listen, the American League East, the Orioles are not making the playoffs in the American League East right now. They're not. They're not. You put the, now, you put the Orioles in the state of the American League South. They make the playoffs, man. Wouldn't you like to see Baltimore be a good team again? I mean, a good market again, a viable market? Well, you know, right now, Baltimore Let's take the Oakland A's out of the West. Right, let's, let's take, let's right take now, the Baltimore Oakland A's out of the West. Yeah, both, yeah, both, yeah. That's because the ship is, is clowns. But let's take the A's out of the West. They Honestly, well, and, and this is why I'm not a huge fan of Bob Melvin. That team is underperformed, but there were some seasons where they could have been in the playoffs if they'd been in any division other than the West. Oh, and the Angels would have made the playoffs. If you go four-team divisions, the Angels probably get in the playoffs. But it's it's interesting to see because you did have Texas and I'm sorry you had Seattle and Houston come out of there last year, right? Um, right. Angels really limped. Angels really limped in the middle of the season. I I don't know what the answer is, but I I will say this. Just like in the NFL, you still have the NFC and AFC. I think you still need. I think you still need the National League. Yeah, I, yeah I, I I just think that there's there's certain there's certain things that you don't mess with, um, you know Nashville getting a team, Montreal getting a team, you know there's definitely been some talk of some cities being looked at, and so uh, you know we'll see what we'll see what happens, you know I I still feel for the city of Montreal, um, you know because yeah. that '94 team everybody says would have won. Yes. Now they they had they had a great roster, right? But mm-hmm. you know, hey, Seattle broke the regular season win record a few years later, and they didn't win. I'm not saying that they sure. I'm not saying they wouldn't have won. I think they would have been the clear clear cut favorites. But I will say, and they would have won the series. We, series. We, yeah, we've won I, this over the we've learned this over the last several years. Everybody wants to say Montreal would have won the World Series. Anything can happen come no. October. But they would have deep into the playoffs. Right, but they would have gone deep into the playoffs and you would have cemented that fan base. Dude, look at the team. They had had both of the Guerreros. Oh, fun fact. Wilton Guerrero was supposed to be the better player. They only signed Vladimir because they had Wilton. 
Wilton wasn't going to no. sign with them unless they brought his brother along. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. an actual fact. Ramon yep. Martinez was supposed to be the better Martinez brother, not Pedro. Mm-hmm. Okay, you had um, you had Range, you had Grissom, you had this dude. They had a roster and a half. You had Cromartie, yeah. Ellis, Valentine. No, actually, actually, Range Range is gone by then. But you had the left field yeah, was Alou. You had Alou, Grissom, and Walker in the outfield. Yes, and then yes. you had. And then yes. you had you had Vanderwall to DH, you had Cliff Floyd on that team, Will Cordero, uh, who like Sean Dunson had to move off shortstop, was the shortstop. You had uh mm-hmm. I wanna say Delano DeShields was the second baseman. Um Delano was the second team. baseman. You had you had like Sean Barry and Mike Tim Lane was supposed to be the short mm-hmm. shortstop. Yeah. They had the the farm system was stacked. The team was stacked. I'm sorry. Now, now that now that being <laughs> that being said, that being said, Montreal still had a lot of good players and became a farm system for other major leagues be, because the fans stopped showing up. And I understand because of the feelings hurt. Yeah, and I understand I understand why you felt wronged and whatever else. But at the end of the day. You weren't the only fan base that missed out on the postseason, and I understand this was your first you year back there in the line. You were asking a fan base that was trying to embrace a non-traditional sport to come back when you hadn't established a foothold anyway. It's kind of like you know, like you, 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 you they stay. Uh, what is it, the fall? season, right? They, they put out the new shows, right? And you ever have mm-hmm. a show that you're like, oh, man, I like this show. I want to watch this. And then they start moving the days, right? Yeah, and then people how, stop watching. How often do you stop? There you go. Because you haven't given the show enough time to really become a part of that person's life, and you started moving it. Baseball wasn't really yeah. a part of Canadians' lives, and you took it away. They were like, okay, well, never mind then. Yeah, and 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 then you also look. It was even it was even harder on this fan base because the other Canadian team had just won two World Series, right? So they were coming you know. off back to back World Series, and then they started tra- they started shipping off their players. And if you look at it, Toronto did not really become postseason relevant again until Alex Anthopoulos made the trade for Josh Donaldson. And they had already submitted the fan base by winning. And to me, and to me, I think that they, as much as he said good things about that organization, at the end of the day, Alex Anthopoulos left Toronto because he did not think that organization was willing to do all that it took to win. And he also, I mean, they had a good young system coming up, but at the end of the day, I don't think he think he thought he had the resources, and I don't think he wanted to fight that monster that was the AL East every day. And I'm grateful for it because I'm so glad that Alex Anthopoulos is the general manager for the Atlanta Braves. I, 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 I'm so happy that Alex Anthopoulos is, is the Braves general manager because as long as he's there, this Atlanta Braves franchise is going to be put in a position to compete each and every year. I do believe that. All right, we got two minutes left. All right, dude, I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight, man. I had a lot of fun. 
really did. Uh, we got to actually talk about stuff um, like we normally do. We actually talk about stuff. And, and on this show, on, on, on this show, you don't get fluff and you don't get the the, the hot takes because we do hot takes. What we do is we do foresight and intelligence. But um, a lot of fun tonight, Mike. Man, as always, thanks for doing this with me. You guys, check us out on Thursday. We go really digging into some baseball. Um, you know, always fun. And uh, Mike, once again, thanks again for doing this with me, man. Go ahead and do your closed out and plugs and everything else. And man, my pleasure. It's always always a good time to chop it up with you. Uh, you know, as, as much as much as we got other shows going on at times. Uh, a lot of times it's nice to just have a couple people to sit down because we can really dig into the weeds on things. And uh, we're not trying to, you know, uh, manage the discussions and talk over each other over and over again. So lots of good takes, man. We'll be back at this in just a little bit under 72 hours. So 70 hours from now, Chandler and myself, check out the Barbershop on Clubhouse. Check out SportsCityChefs.com. Check out PHI Apparel, man. Ladies and gentlemen, and man, listen, uh, it, is, it is always a pleasure. Once again, thanks to the big homie TP. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Uh, many thanks to you, Chandler, man. It's always a good time. I look forward to Thursday night. Shout out to the Zillin. Shout out to Sirius, everybody else. We got drafts coming up. We got March Madness. And Thursday night, we're going to talk baseball. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of update on uh, wrestling as well. And as TP always says, man, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Peace. We out of here. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music.